Podcast One. Well, this uh, episode beginning might sound a little bit different. That's because I'm currently sitting in my study as I talk to Dylan Alcott, who's currently sitting where, Dil? Uh, I'm sitting on my couch. <laughs> Usually we'd be doing yeah, this in our studios, but uh, because we're both in Melbourne, we're in a six-week lockdown for COVID-19. I don't know where you're or when you're listening to this, but yeah, we're not really allowed to leave our houses, mate. Yeah, exactly right. And I know there's, you know, all different restrictions in all different kinds of places and um, this affects everybody, uh, you know, especially some people with disability um, who are in the most vulnerable category. Uh, not everybody with a disability is high risk of, of COVID-19, but there are some people that are that have been isolating the whole time throughout. And, you know, if you know anybody that is, you know, make sure you reach out to them, whether it's a, a FaceTime or a Zoom call or a text or whatever, because it's, a, you know, I think, yes, the 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 health impacts are really you know, severe for COVID-19, but also the mental health, Angus, you know what I mean, for all of us. So I think it's a good time to check in with people and give your mate a hug and things like that because it's, you know, it's getting pretty gnarly, isn't it? Absolutely, and that seems to be, you know, the response of a lot of people is that um, they've got more time to listen to our podcast, which is amazing. We've had so many emails come through as well. It's actually overwhelming. Listenablepodcast at outlook.com. Uh, if you want to send through a suggestion for a interview guest, we've had so many, uh, trying to reply to them all. And we've gotten a lot of emails about people with uh, non-physical or invisible disabilities uh, that want to be covered um, as well. So there's just so many disabilities we yet to get to. Uh, this week's episode is going to be uh, one that we haven't yet and I think is going to be eye-opening for a lot of people. Um, but thanks once again to everyone who sent those emails through and even in COVID we're trying to um, organise as many interviews in the future as possible. It's a good segue because our guest today is probably one of the more interesting non-physical disabilities. I like to think I've got a, you know, a bit of a knowledge around disability. And I've got to say, you and I have zero idea about anything to do with this disability, don't we? Like this is a, a new one for us to cover. I don't know anybody with this disability personally. All I know is how it's kind of portrayed in the media, I guess, when, when you hear, you know, this person and how they have to, you know, regulate themselves and what happens to them in their everyday life. It's, you know, been, I guess, a talking point and things like that in movies and things like that. But, you know, I've never witnessed it personally in my everyday life. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one for all of us. Let's meet our next guest. Hi, I'm Ryan. Um, I, I live in Britain. Uh, I'm 25 years old. I uh, live with my partner and I run a turtle rescue with a, a few other lizards. A turtle rescue? Yes. I Brilliant. Do. Right, we'll get to your disability in a minute. Turtle rescue? Turtles, well, <laughs> get, what is that? What? And how'd you get into that? With obviously my disability, um, <clears throat> I, I couldn't get into work to begin with. So I, I bought this small little turtle, musk turtle. He's only about the size of an apple now. And I took him home and it just started from there. So, and then I read up of everything. So you readied sliders and all that lot. Ooh! And um, yeah, they just needed help and no one was really there to help them. So I love that. I love turtles. How I started. For anyone who's seen this on YouTube or on our socials with a video clip, they'll see you are wearing a turtle on your T-shirt. The story checks am, out. Yeah. Now, <laughs> some people might have picked up already uh, a couple of cues of what your disability could be, but for people who maybe missed them, what is your disability, Ryan? Uh, my disability, is, well, the main one is Tourette syndrome. Ooh. Yeah. On cue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, especially when you start talking about them, they, they, they seem to get more more involved 
uh, and in, into the conversation and integrate the way into everyday life. <laughs> now, before we get into the whole episode, we're not going to edit this, right? So we mm. want to just get your full self. So if ticks are coming and you're feeling like you want to steam and do things, go nuts, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, want, right. you to, we awesome. want you to be you. So we don't want you to hold back or anything. We just want to hear your story, brother, because we've read about you online and you seem like a good dude. And we like sharing those Thank stories you. here on, on Listen Able. Can you tell me and everyone else, what is Tourette's? Oh, so Tourette's, as a whole, um, as like stereotypical Tourette's is what everybody thinks is the swearing tick, mm. Ooh, uh, which I do have. And that's uh, subsized as coprolalia. So you have different subsidiaries of Tourette's all over the place. Um, and only 5% of the people in the whole world is meant to have coprolalia, <laughs> which is the swearing tick. Um, but ticks is, uh, Tourette's is normally categorized in ticks. So you need to have at least um, one motor tick, one vocal tick. And then um, I think actually I think it's like two motor ticks. It it, it it varies between person to person and diagnosis to diagnosis. Motor it's meaning like moving your hands and stuff, or what does that mean? Yeah, and so like where like um, sometimes I'll bring my elbow up like I'm about to dab or my, like you're about to dab. That's a good. That's a <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, so like my elbow will come up sometimes. We actually came across you from watching. Uh, I, I saw on This Morning, which is the equivalent of a Today Show or a Sunrise in the UK, where they described you yeah. as the man with one of the UK's most severe cases of Tourette's. Um, that was a good few years ago. Yeah. Uh, in 2017, um, I've had many drug trials and everything since then. So ooh, they've calmed down a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time, I was one of the worst. And what categorizes me as one of the worst ones is I have these things called tick attacks or tick seizures. And uh, it means that I'm on the floor in excruciating pain, screaming out for my life, as it were, that loud, um, to the point we've had the police come to the door wondering what's going on. It just literally feels like somebody's prodding my spine with a thousand volts of electric and my whole muscles and everything just, no, man, fuck off. Like, like, yeah, it's not a nice feeling. Uh, The only good side to that is I get a nice body from it because it's just, <laughs> That's good. I feel like I get penetrated in my brain at the moment from another type of tick, TikToks. Oh, yeah. TikTok attacks. Oh. Those things can F off as well. Ooh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on TikTok. You are. Oh, hey, well, imagine yeah. that's like imagine doing ticks on TikTok. Yeah. Is that content Ooh, that you've uh, already done? Uh, yeah, I've already done it. I mean, I, I've Ooh. I'm doing a small series of my own called uh, Tourette's with Friends. Uh, so it's other people that have been on TV in the UK, and I put that on TikTok. Everything to show people that I'm I'm still the normal guy. Just ooh, me having Tourette's doesn't define who I am. So uh, back in 2017, uh, you just said that you've had a couple of trials since. So what does the Tourette's trials uh, medication look like? Oh, so it's the the like the medication and all that lot is it's, it, again like I said, Tourette's is unique as a, as a fingerprint. So what works for somebody else probably won't work for me. So I've gone mm. through ooh, many different antidepressants, antipsychotics, um, ooh, anti-anxiety, um, ooh, um, and I'm on a sort of high enough dose that lets my anxiety levels drop so then I can be able to like control control my tics a little bit better and ooh, like I'm not so nervous about everything in erratic. <laughs> Are you ooh. born with Tourette's or does it come later in life? Like when did you get diagnosed and kind of understand you had it? Ooh. So... For me, I was 
much later on. Um, so my official diagnosis was um, severe complex abnormal Tourette syndrome. Ooh, or as I like to say, it's scats because I'm scatty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was at school one day and I had a, I was, I was 15. I had a headache for about two months. And I mean, this headache was ooh, biggest pressure buildup in my brain you could ever think of and just wouldn't get rid of it. Oh, and I was doing a drama performance and I asked if I could go to the medical room. I got through my performance. It was just getting too much. Um, and then I went to the medical room and it just, within about half hour or so, it just felt like somebody had popped a balloon in my in my skull mm-hmm. and all this space come rushing back. And the next thing I know, my neck's ticking like mad. I'm rushed to hospital. I'm going through CAT scans and MRIs to make sure I've got nothing growing in my brain. And, ooh, and that sort of, they, they put it down to teenage ticks because it went from my head to my shoulders and say knees and toes, but no, um, and to my elbow. And um, then they thought I had alien hand syndrome, Ooh, which is where my hand would punch out at anything um, or grab hold of something and wouldn't let go. And then I'd have the full body ticks, which we didn't know were full body ticks at the time. Oh, no bed. And um, they put them down as pseudo seizures, which is a nice way of saying you're putting it on, but we'll deal with it. Um, and then. I went to uni, I carried on studying. Ooh, and then when I was 21, I woke up one day and my poor partner had to come get me from work because I felt like I was having one of these pseudo seizures. And yeah, the next thing I know is I've asked my manager for a glass of drink and the next thing to come out of my mouth is, no, you can die of thirst, like in response to my own self. And then oh. it snowballed on from there and I've gone to my neurologist and... Ooh, I hadn't seen him in a few years, and he's like, well, I've been waiting for you to turn up at my door. I'm like, okay, like, what do you mean by this? And he had had Tourette syndrome down the whole time. He just didn't want to plant it in my head. He wanted it to come out naturally, and, <gasps> and it did. So pre-15, Ooh, you had no symptoms, nothing. nothing. It was, wow. No, they believe it could have been a sore throat that caused uh, my one. Wow, so a sore throat <laughs> affects yeah. the neurology in your brain, really? They be- they tested too late to know that it, if it was right, but they believe I had strep throat, and then my antibodies done something to neurons or chemical paths in my brain, and yeah, that, that was the last time I had a real bad infection. So with this COVID and that going on, I've not stepped foot outside. <laughs> oh, of course, but it's scary. <laughs> Let's go to fifteen years old when you get you know what was undiagnosed then as Tourette's. How did you react to it? For one, like how did I mean being at that age is so vulnerable and susceptible to any sort of uh, negativity towards your body as you grow and develop. How did you take it? My dad always said that when he used to come in and check on me at night, when I was, when it first started is he'd always see me holding my head, even in my sleep when my te- neck ticks and that were happening. Um, it wasn't nice. Uh, being the age 15 and having every inch of you poked and prodded and go on this tablet, that tablet, Oh, this tablet's, you've got an allergic reaction to that makes your tongue stick out like a dog. Uh. It's not nice. And then not to have a definite, I don't want to say label. Oh, fuck off. Cause I hate that label. Um, I, well, I hate the word label. Should mm. I say, sorry, there still wasn't enough balance there because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if I was just going crazy, but yeah, since I was about 15, obviously going through my exams and everything in the UK and then, having to miss three months of those because of it going on and then missing my first year of college, having to take a gap year when I just wanted to go straight into ex- like education. 
um, it took its toll quite a bit, I'd say. But then I guess I kind of learned to live with it. My friends, like my close friends and my family, oh, like obviously I didn't have the vocal tics then. It was just literally like Ryan's having a fit um, sort of moment. So it wasn't every day. But then I guess kind of getting the diagnosis at the age of 21, <laughs> oh, um, not bad, kind of alleviated pressure on my shoulders and then but just added tons more. <laughs> Did you get new bu- pressures onto my yeah. shoulders. Did you get bullied when you started um, at school by you know people who didn't understand? Uh, luckily, I was not bullied for my tics. I was bullied for my sexuality mm. um, until one boy <laughs> he, he turned around to me and kept calling me gay, and then he'd call, like call me a spastic at times as well. And then it kind of stopped after I confronted him in the corridor and I said you're obviously thinking about me a lot and I'm obviously on your brain. So I just want to say thank you. <laughs> and just walked away after uh-huh. that. So. Nice. <laughs> um, has it ever been beneficial for you? I imagine, let's say you had a teacher you hated and you're in high school and he goes, Ryan, you got a C minus. You'll never amount to anything. You go, wanker, piss off, dickhead. And you're not actually ticking. No, because I didn't have the. Oh, you didn't uh, have the vocal tics. Oh, what a bit handy. Didn't have the vocal tics at that point. But, have, but has it like you're an ex-manager or somewhere you've worked in the past ten years or you know past four years since you've been diagnosed since twenty one? Have you ever used it as a? Oh, sorry, I've that was the Tourette's. Used it. Okay. No, never like that because okay. I if I I kind of see that as oh very stereotypical. Yes, as, good. And, and I was going to say, do you feel like that would be taking the piss out ooh. of a genuine disability? Yeah, it would. I'd be taking like I do laugh at myself like there's things. <laughs> Ooh, that I'd say. So in the past, I've said crickets on your clip to my mum. I've <laughs> done, said and done everything. I've, I've called out my partner for apparently wearing a pink tutu before he goes to bed in town. <laughs> um, so like, it, it's, there is it's some humour in it that you can laugh at yourself. Yeah, there is some humour, but yeah. like, I don't. Yeah, I'm not stereotypical to it do because you, there's more to it. Do you get to pick your ticks? Like, how do they develop? Like, for example, you said the word knobhead a few times, which I got is, a couple. is my favorite insult ever, by the way. I love knobhead. So I say knobhead a lot. So I imagine, right, Ooh. if I ticked, I would say knobhead because that's on my brain quite a bit. Is that kind of how it works? Um, mine can be very observational sometimes. Mm. Um, Wait, what are you trying to say? Then, you said, are you trying to say we're both knobheads? We're knobheads? We? <laughs> no, 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 no. Hang on. <laughs> knobhead's my favorite. Uh, well, I, I say my favorite one. It's one of my go-to ticks, as gotcha. they call it. Um, ooh, whereas like, but it changes over time. So like it can be spiders bounce, pigs fly, dogs go fetch. And, but, um, they can be very observational. So the worst thing is when I was doing a program for the BBC called employable me too, which was series two, ooh, there was a, um, a, 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 a man there. He was a he's very nice person. I've got nothing wrong, uh, um, like against him. Ooh. But he had no legs. And in my head, all, all I could think about, because you have intrusive thoughts mm. with Tourette's, so it's like mental tics, is Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Mm. And oh, yeah. I was just itching to say it all day and to the point I had to take myself out of the room, let them all come out, and then just go and sit back down. <laughs> so you can like kind of control it, but that kind of takes up all your effort. Yeah, it's yeah, very time-consuming yeah. to sit there and... <laughs> yeah, very. There's one that my friends and my partner like to take advantage of sometimes. Oh, um, when I'm very ticky, uh, the takeaway shop KFC, mm-hmm. uh, fast food restaurant, can cause me to say fuck off 
my partner will do that just to get a laugh and then I'll laugh a few times and then I'll be like, right, it's starting to get painful now. Like, can you stop? <laughs> and then, but I've also had like charlatans and that come up to me saying that I need an exorcism and mm. <laughs> I need cleansing. I need to take magic mushrooms to reset my brain. And yeah, I've had all that. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> How do people react, man? You know, I'm in a wheelchair. People react weirdly to me, but Ooh. I've got a visible disability and, you know, there's just some idiots out there who give you a hard time. But I mean, you're just walking down the street, right? And you say something that they would seem offensive. Obviously, you can't control it. What What do they do if they don't know who you are? Well, uh, I've had uh, plenty of people film me in shops and follow me around shops with video cameras. Um, and one super chain, I'm not going to ne- mention because we've sorted it out now. Uh, they got me in for meetings with their staff and all that lot. Ooh. But um, two of their staff followed me around with their phone, copying my noises while they were in work uniform. Not good enough. I've had people accuse me of being on drugs. I have was looking after my godson during the whole of last summer while his mum was away visiting someone in America. And oh, I had one of my ticket hats. And even though there was a 19-year-old in the house, which was his older brother, this ambulance lady decided upon herself that I was unfit to look after a child. Mm. Even though my godson probably knows better than half of anyone in the world of what's going on. So you get comments thrown at you all the well, time. That's discrimination. Nine times it? out of ten, it's, mm. yeah. It, oh, I get upset, but then if I don't, say anything if or if i react negatively i feel that i put a negative light on myself whereas if i just say look can you not do it or i've got tracks then that's the best i can do i can't then it comes down to their character people. yeah of course oh so it's yeah. what to say hi your boyfriend is waving Ooh. in the background yeah so it's charles oh, is it <laughs> he's doing something yeah, leg or charles. is he waving they can see your arm charles. no i think he's stretching in charles. the mirror he's right. doing some weird arm. moves yeah. i like it so, <laughs> Hey, g'day, Charles. We can see you there in the reflection. Let's talk about <laughs> your relationship. So you were dating Charles before you yep. were diagnosed with Tourette's? Yep. As, yeah, so ooh, um, I met Charles on the online dating site. We've been together six years this year, and he's been there since sort of like day one of when the ticks, like the vocal, the vocal ticks, ticks and everything started. Yeah. So it's been been of a toll on him. Um, people have come up to him saying, "Why is he bothering with me? And why is he mm. wasting his time and effort and putting it all into me when he could be doing his stuff?" And he puts up with me. I put up with him. How did you? Annoys me. <laughs> How did you come to terms with that man? Was there pressure? Ooh. Did you feel not good enough when you had to tell Charles Ooh. that you had it? I mean, I think we kind of knew because obviously with the pseudo seizures or full body ticks. Uh, when the vocal ticks and that started coming out, we kind of knew. Um, so, like I said, yeah, he's been supportive. He's just had that little devil on his shoulder every now and then with people that we thought were friends that just kind of, for some reason, are toxic. And they put thoughts and things in his head that weren't nice and thinking that... Oh. Oh, yeah, so he's just saying that the vocal tics came two years into the relationship, but he was dealing with the fits before. (laughs) He woke up one morning and all he could remember is me saying, fuck off, (laughs) but um, he's still off sleep with a a massive... (laughs) He said it was still a shot to to wake up one day and to find out that I'm ticking and life sort of since then is... (laughs) Because he's had to become my full-time carer because of other, like, things that I've got that have snowballed afterwards and yeah it's just it's kind of been of a hard ride but we're trying to get 
doing well. You don't have to answer Ooh. anything. If you anything makes you uncomfortable, please tell me to get effed. But I got to ask: Do you tick when you guys are getting sexual with each other? Um, I'll have to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Do I tick when anything sexual happens or when we're, you know, oh, getting jiggy with it? That one. <laughs> Well, I was wondering. So he only gets anxious because of I've I've gone to bite a part of the male anatomy. Oh, of course. Hey, that I makes sense it. because you can't control. That also makes me anxious thinking Ooh, about no. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I think too. every man just kind of <laughs> had the reaction of when a cricket ball hits you in the yeah. balls. It's, Ooh. <laughs> what when it comes to so the, my he's my limited knowledge up until you know learning more about you and and Tourette's and once again you know you're not the standard for Tourette's. It's different for every Ooh. person. We understand that. I knew that if you try to suppress a thought, that's going to come to the foreground of your Tourette's. Um, is that true? So if, you, if you're thinking, Ooh. don't say it, like your Legolas um, comment before, there's one, but yeah. have you found that trying to suppress them makes things worse? And does that actually affect you physically, emotionally, mentally? Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, it sort of affects you where it feels like fire ants or something. Like I said, someone is electrocuting you. Mm. Because you're trying to hold it in so much to the point it starts to become painful, and then that's when like sort of coping mechanisms come into it. Oh, so the best one that I use for things like funerals, weddings, or anything like that is pinching this bit of skin um, between your between thumb, my and, thumb your and my finger. Funerals, and, uh, or wow, I've or never I, thought about that. Have you ever said something Ooh. in a funeral? Um, luckily, no. Okay. The okay. only funeral that I've had is my cousins um and sadly he passed away of cancer a few years ago um but his mum my auntie literally put her arms around my shoulder straight afterward and said he would have been proud of you for that. oh good because i was quiet but Can- because obviously where it's more family orientated i was a bit more relaxed and you pinched the skin Ooh. as a way to pinching the skin take the yeah. down to there do you have one yeah story where it was just an incredibly awkward situation where something happened yes I want to get across. I'm not racist just yep. because what comes out of my mouth sometimes could be, but it was the summer and this is where it comes back to the observational ticks. It was the summer a few years ago and, um, anybody can wear that they want. I'm <laughs> don't mind me. I sit in sweatpants and slippers all day long. Like <laughs> I'm no one to judge, Ooh, but, um, a lovely young lady was wearing a hijab and she was pushing a buggy with her baby and, and, Charlie had to pull me away quick because I've literally just reached out to grab her her hijab or her headscarf, uh-huh. pull it down and tell her it's too warm to, to wear scarves. Now, of course, so like you that said, was, there's nothing to do with race or being racist, but that was your tics. Yeah, yeah, that was my tics. So, or unfortunately, when all the suicide bombings and that were going off in France a few years ago, mm-hmm. I couldn't go in town because I ended up making myself look like a twat. Ooh, because I was shouting things like Allah Akbar and all that lot because it's the forefront because it's on every it, what is on everybody's mind mm-hmm. and obviously it's just come fresh out in the news that day and even though I may not be physically thinking it or wanting to think about it it's just going to come out what can make me feel uncomfortable or what can make everyone else feel uncomfortable oh I know I'm just going to shout that <sighs> it's a non-envious position because if you did do that people just don't take the time to understand <clears throat> do they Ryan yeah, I've I've been judged almost like on the turn of a pin, as it were. So like within seconds, I could be having a conversation with someone, and then 
because I've ticked something, they don't want to know me the next, or I'm walking down the street and I've, I think I remember ticking something saying, oh, the only hair I have on my body is my pubes. And one woman looked at me and went, oh, you've heard like that. And I turned around and went, I've got Tourette's. And she went, well, you're not saying anything now. I was like, it doesn't work like that. I'm not yeah. a performing monkey. I'm, I don't put a coin in my hat and I dance around or smash tambourines. Oh! Yeah, Charlie just said even his ex-manager expected that. I was sat waiting for Charlie in the waiting room and they were watching me on CCTV to see if I ticked. Oh, just waiting. Um, but obviously where I was in public and I was in a waiting room, I, for a restaurant, I physically suppress my ticks. I don't want to be sat there making noises while somebody's enjoying their pizza. So, Do you have coronavirus just on the tip of your tongue at the moment when you're out and about? Um, I cough. Uh, Coughing is one that oh, comes out a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's hard, man, because we work in radio as well. Mm. When one of us has to cough, on air, we're like running out of the studio. Yeah, because it's not even. We're just so worried <laughs> that people are going to think we're crook. For you, it'd be Ooh. tough. Yeah, um, I normally just turn around and say, "Sorry, I've got allergies." Yeah, true. Transport planes in particular, because we're Ooh. talking about suppressing that thought. The one thing that I imagine, if I had Tourette's, I would be walking through is, "Please, Tourette's, don't mention bomb in an airport." But because I'm thinking that, and we've found Ooh. out. These are the suppressions that make it more difficult and makes it like you know, like it has to come out, otherwise it's going to hurt you. I luckily haven't been on an airplane since like I've ticked, so I haven't oh, had that, like, that kind of pressure. Ooh. I don't take trains um, or buses or like the, the very minimal public transport I take is a taxi, but that's because it's one-on-one and I can explain to the taxi or the Uber driver that I've got Tourette's and don't mind and nine times out of ten they just want to sit me in the front and learn about it mm. which is nice but i'm then not i've not got to be the eyes of the general public watching me what do you do then so if you go like i'm trying to figure it out if you go on a plane do you just kind of tell everybody around you like what's the process Ooh. i guess I, I think i would tell people but there's been some stories where um the captain has politely asked oh the individual that's got Tourette's or the family, if it's okay, if he puts it over the tannoy, mm. saying we've got somebody on here with Tourette's that's quite vocal. Mm. Especially but, if there's a chance of work. yelling out something to do with a bomb on a plane. Yeah, I wouldn't want the, like the, the, the air marshal to come mm. running at me and not, knocking me over while I'm on my way to the toilet. I, I had a Tourette's passport, as they classed it. So if somebody wanted or you just couldn't be bothered to explain or somebody... Ooh. came up and started arguing with you, just show them the Tourette's Action like passport, which okay. is a um, charity in the UK. All right. And then you just take it back off them and you tell them, right, go away. Yeah. <laughs> well, one thing I, I don't want to see your face anymore. <laughs> yeah. One thing Angus and I really like about you is you're proud of your Tourette's and you, you, you seem pretty proud to be the person that you are. What's like your advice to anyone listening, anyone that is starting to tick and Ooh. starting to understand they have Tourette's and probably doesn't like the person there seeing the mirror because of it. I am proud of who I am. I, 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 there's, um, I couldn't be, like I know it sounds big-headed, I couldn't be more proud of what I've achieved or what me and my partner have achieved through everything in my family. But what I will say is that it's okay to go through that process of not liking yourself, but because everybody does it, it's, it's the most natural thing ooh, to, to do. Um, but Tourette's doesn't just affect you as an individual, it does affect your family and your friends. So you aren't the only one really in your close circle going through it. You, like, Even though it's hard for you and twice as hard for you, it's 
it's also hard for your parents to see you go through that because they don't quite understand what's going on in your head. They they want to be able to fix you. So what I will say is just talk about it. Don't sit there and not want to because the more you suppress it, the more you, you start getting into a negative circle of oh, I'm not going out and you start, you don't want to go out. It, it just snowballs. So like I said, it's okay to have days where you don't want to see yourself, where you, you think you're a bit of a oh, freak in the brain. I mean, I do. Everybody does. It's, mm. it's, it's, it's natural. Let's just say the stigma is starting to wear off mm. and, and people are more interested in wanting to know. So that, that's all, that also makes it a hell of a lot easier. Mm. Oh, Ryan, when are you not ticking or do you always tick? Is it, does it come down to a comfortability around? Like I can imagine, you know, we've woken you up quite early. Uh, you're at 6 o'clock, 6.30, your time there. You know, it's, this is being filmed. It'll go on our socials, our YouTube. It's a podcast. We're talking about Tourette's. So I can imagine this is going to be an environment where you tick. You're chatting to two unknown people. Yeah. But is there times when you don't tick or tick less? Do you tick in your sleep? Charlie would say that I take in my sleep sometimes. Obviously, I, I, I'm not too sure if yeah, I do. Uh, cause, uh, it's like snoring. If you hear it, cares, you're asleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm worse when I'm obviously talking about it and when I'm meeting someone new or the environment's completely different because I, I don't do well with change. Um, but then I'm not as ticky when... I'm in my own environment. So when I'm with my animals, when I'm with my family, just at theirs, or it's when I normally go out. Supermarkets are the worst place because everybody's walking around, everybody's looking and touching and... It's, it's cool. It's noticeable. Like when you're talking about your partner, you don't tick as much because you're not yeah. talking thinking about your ticks, you're thinking about your partner. And then as soon as you yeah. ask a question about ticking, mm. you tick and it, it must be... And it's hard for you more. because guess yeah. what? Everyone wants to talk about my wheelchair. Everyone wants to talk Ooh. about your Tourette's. You know what I mean? So... It's a topic yeah. on everyone's tongue, which would make it, I guess, hard, especially in social situations for you. I mean, yeah, it, it is hard because as soon as you've got something that's completely off norm, oh, it is, it is what everyone wants to know. They want to talk about it. And I'm fine with talking about it. it just, like I said, I, I tick a lot more and it, it sort of tires me out yeah. if I, like, for too long. Mm. So, like, when I was doing the TV program or, what, like, other things and that, I would be gone i'd be out for days and the net like a few days afterwards it just it was way too much having a camera shoved in my face 24 7 employable uh, me is a show that helps people months. with a disability get jobs by the way if you haven't seen it there's an australian version did you get a job out of it oh it's, it's in australia bro. um yeah. i did i did get a job yeah um oh uh, so i've got um i, I worked in uh, an aquatic store obviously i love aquatic. cool um yeah. uh so but ooh, that start there was a period not long after that where I was in hospital for three weeks where I was, if I wasn't sleeping, ooh, I'd be tick fitting. <laughs> so we kind of parted ways on good terms because in my head, ooh, if I wasn't reliable enough to go in on the days that I was going in, I was, I was scheduled to go in mm -hmm. and just, I'd ring up, oh, sorry, I can't come in. The ticks are playing up. Then I felt I wasn't the best employee, like the best colleague or employee or, Oh, as much as they... Because he's got to run a business as well. Care. Of course. Yeah, that's, that's, that was my head. As much, like I said, as much as they protested, they didn't care. Oh, in my head, it was just, what if it's just me and the manager in for the morning? Mm. Like, he won't then be able to go to a toilet break or anything because he can't leave yeah. cool. millions, of well, thousands of pounds worth of tropical marine fish laying around. With, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So it's just, oh, it, 
it was me taking the sensible route, I think. What about the future? Do you think or do you know of any technology that is being developed to help ticks or people with Tourette's? The major one, especially over in America, is um, they're starting to put rods in people's brains, Ooh. so like electric rods. Oh. And then like battery packs and all goes down to your chest. Wait, and all are that you, lot. So you keen on that? Ooh, no. No. <laughs> I'm not having what? that. That sounds very invasive. That sounds like Ooh. get effed. The thing is, is even if they're a millimetre off, it can trigger something else in the brain. But then it's not even, uh, I think it's 60% or no, sorry, less than 50% chance that it'll actually do anything Mm. or make a difference. Oh, because all they're trying to do is just balance out the electrodes and neurons and that that are going on in the brain. If there was a cure, would you take it? Yeah, if you could be out of, if you could lose your Tourette's and never have had it, would, is that Not not never have had it, I think. But like, what about going, if, if there was a cure? No. Not for me now. Ooh. For the younger generation, maybe. If that if there's a pill that could stop it or they they knew what, exactly what it is, because still to this day in medical journals and that, everyone's got theories on what Tourette's is. Nobody knows exactly what it is. Ooh. But um, I wouldn't take it now um, because I enjoy doing things like this. I enjoy raising awareness and mm. um, being an advocate for it. But... Yeah, I think for the younger generation, especially when it starts at like the age of five for some kids, and at that age, they don't know what's going on at all. They, mm. they just know what time's dinner and what time to wake up and go to bed. Mm. And then you see kids at that age ticking and they're hitting themselves. It's hard, and I would like to just take it away from them, like be a kid. Mm. There's already too much pressure in this world to not be kids. So. Yeah. I had to Google, Ryan, to be perfectly honest, is Tourette's a disability? We're trying to have a scope of disability that is all-encompassing. And it did come up as, yes, it is a disability. Do you yeah. see it as a disability? Legally, yes. Morally, no. People see it as a disability. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just want to be a normal taxpaying human. Um, but because obviously I can't go out and get a job, that's why I brought my rescue into my home. So I wake up every morning with a purpose still and I still feel like I'm giving back to the world. Good man. Got a bowl of uncomfortable. I'm not sure if you've heard our podcast before, but it's a question that we ask or someone we ask on behalf of our social media people or someone might have emailed knowing that you were going to be a guest yeah. on our podcast. We've got one each. Do I go first? Go for it, Dill. When you tick in an inappropriate time, do you feel mm-hmm. like an embarrassment and do you feel like you let people down? So obviously with the lady with the hijab bit, that really took me back. Um, I wouldn't. I, I was like housebound, flatbound for a week. I didn't want to go outside. Mm. Um, I didn't want. I don't like insulting people. It's, so that was the worst bit. That inappropriately, like yeah, has caused me a bit of setback because I'm like I said, I take people for as they are. As long as they respect me, then I respect them. Um, and this was a two-part question from Oof. Dale online. Uh, the first one is, what tick are you most scared of making? Um, my barking tick. Oh, why is that? Because it, um, especially when, say, I'm having my tick attack. I know that sounds really boring saying my barking tick. Because uh, when my partner's on the phone to the ambulance, they have to ask on the phone, is there a dog there? I'm barking my head off. Uh. And my partner's going, no, he's got Tourette's. And they're like, well, sounds very realistic. It sounds like, and I have ticked to the point where I've barked and then cried like a dog and then made a thud as if I, then I'll shout, shut the fuck up as if I'm hurting the dog. Oh, and your neighbours will be like, this guy's smuggling a puppy into this apartment and then abusing it. Exactly. And then 
like it's and then the other I guess the other scary tick is is that I can't handle sharp objects because I have that urge to Ooh. I've had forks in my head and everything Ooh, and yeah. well yeah. Yeah. If you can't control nice. certain movements. No? Good excuse to get out of cooking. Dylan has one as well. Yes, can't reach the stairs. <laughs> and the other one was um, from Dale, wants Ooh. to know, what is the word that you hate the most that you tick? Now, I know it sounds like that's the same question, but word. Ooh, probably not a swear word due to my mouth's uh, running sewer day in, day out, <laughs> regardless right. of the tracks. Um, it probably is any racial slur. Yeah, I, I, there's, yeah. no, there's no one certain thing I can go, Mm-hmm. That's what I don't want to say. Mm. It's it, the, there's many so racial slurs, even homophobic ones, and so, yeah, yeah, racial and homophobic. Yeah, yeah. I'd mean, be like, I'm gay. I didn't mean it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and that right. must, must be so tough to be someone who is so into equality, um, but your uncontrollable ticks make you sound the absolute opposite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That 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 is the worst one. When I'm picking out people's flaws, <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. It's probably the, yeah. the best answer for that. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on. What's your right. final, you know, lasting word you want to leave on people when they, you know, when they when we're talking about Tourette's and, and your maybe love? they have it, like you said, yeah. or maybe they've they're going to come in to contact or encounter someone Ooh. with um, Tourette's and ticks. Read between the lines, or read between the ticks, as it were. Hmm. So as I tell people when they're talking to me, um, Ooh. if I tick, try and blank it out. Concentrate on what I'm trying, what we're trying to say. People Tourette's are trying to say instead of concentrating on something that we already find embarrassing half the time, and it it, it helps. If you sit there and ignore it, my partner now just breezes over it. He, he's managed to get the selective hearing mm. in <laughs> in check, and also don't let a label define you. Labels don't define you. Maybe add to that label as courage. You can call me a knobhead any day. I love it. <laughs> me too. <laughs> well, me too. You. And you already have a couple of times. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> at Ryan Colin nineteen ninety five for on Twitter. Um, if you want to chat to you, uh, contact you on the social media. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast in an area that I think right. will surprise a lot of people that we Ooh. that we went into. Thanks for um, stepping outside with us. Brilliant. Thanks, you. mate. And getting up early get, in right, London. Get your boyfriend. Can your boyfriend come on screen? Yeah, we'll see what he looks like. Um, Is he ready? Charles, I want to see what on? you look like quickly. You don't need to show the cat. Come here. Get in. Hello. Hey, there he is. G'day, great man. (laughs) How are you, Charles? Gentlemen, appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Now I feel like I have a greater understanding of Tourette's. Uh, Thanks once again to Ryan for waking up so early in the UK to do that interview with us a few weeks ago um, before the lockdown. We really appreciate his time. We're very excited to introduce our next guest. I dated a guy for about probably about six months, actually. Um, I should have seen the signs at the very beginning. Um, and I really liked him. I thought he really liked me. And he started to show signs of not really wanting to go out in public all the time with me and didn't hold my hand down the street. Um, and it didn't click for a long time until one day he sat me down and he said, look, I thought about asking you out and I'm not breaking out with you, but I don't want to ask you to be my girlfriend because I still can't get over the fact you've got one leg. And I'm like, you've dated me for six months. Yeah. I'm at house. I'm yeah. at your house in your bed. <laughs> so I couldn't, he couldn't have it. couldn't have told me this six months yeah. ago. And it all came down to the fact that he didn't want to be seen with somebody with one leg. He didn't want to be stared at. And he asked me to wear pants. He asked me to wear pants. <laughs> We'll see you in the next episode. And once again, we should thank, um, you might hear some sponsors or some ads during our podcast. We should remind everybody that um, those people are supporting the Dylan Alcott Foundation as well with donations uh, to get into our podcast. So we're going to be uh, able to give access.
accessibility options, scholarships. Wheelchairs, all kinds of different things. Yeah. And the money paid uh, for those advertisers. Uh, we're not buying you a wheelchair, Angus. Not yet. Anyone. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Hey, and make sure you uh, subscribe to the podcast and give it a rating because it really helps us get listenable into the ears of more people right across the globe and try and help and, you know, change perceptions as much as we can and entertain along the way. So we really appreciate the support. Social media as well we're on. Just search Listenable Podcast. Until the next episode, we'll see you then. Listenable was presented by Dylan Alcott and Angus O'Loughlin and produced in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and the music was written and performed by Eliza Hull.